0: India cover story podcast series in association with the IndyCast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's topic covers one of the most talked about events in the world of business and it comes just once a year and that's the union budget and to talk about it is senior editor Dinesh Narayanan who probably hasn't slept much last night. Hi Dinesh, how are you doing?
1: Very well, Abhishek. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure talking to you.
0: Great. And let's begin with... uh, What were the circumstances in which this uh, budget was presented?
1: There was a, you know, at the beginning of the year itself, the four state elections had kind of set the stage and uh, the Congress party did not really do well in most of the states and got routed in uh, UP. I mean, that is where the, the political situation started building up. But very close to the budget, on the day of the railway budget, which was presented by the Minister Dinesh Trivedi of Trinamul Congress. I mean, the events that turned out after that was quite unexpected by practically everybody. So Dinesh Trivedi presented the budget and then Trinamul Congress kind of went after him for uh, increasing uh, railway fares after, say, 10 years. So that was quite unexpected and kind of uh, created a political crisis. And uh, Trinamul uh, Congress started demanding the, the Tr- Trivedi's resignation and the whole thing went into a kind of tailspin and the budget was considered to be a quite a reformist budget. It was one of the probably one of the best budgets presented in some time, a uh, railroad budget presented in some time. But the whole thing kind of uh, got muddled in the, in the political controversy that erupted immediately after that. That was circumstances under which uh, Pranam Mukherjee presented the budget, the political circumstances under which the, uh, Pranam Mukherjee presented the budget this time, But also the economic circumstances were also not very good. The international economic scenario is pretty bad. Europe is still in crisis. There is a lot of political crisis as well as uh, in uh, the Middle East. The U.S. is still recovering. The external conditions are not very good. Oil prices are rising, which um, creates a huge impact on India because uh, we import uh, most of our oil. Also, the industry has been slowing down. Uh, the last month, again, uh, the last industrial production numbers also came uh, pretty low. I mean, it's been fluctuating. So, in fact, uh, manufacturing has been among agricultural services and manufacturing. Manufacturing has been the laggard, and everybody expected that Purnah Mukherjee will probably do something to revive that. And uh, that is the circumstances under which uh, Purnah Mukherjee was presenting this budget.
0: And how would you label this year's budget? Because each year you have one adjective that describes a budget. You call it populist or, you know, there are there are other adjectives. So is there one that can describe this, this year's budget? Well, we
1: called it the middle class budget this time in our magazine because he has not done much for the industry at all. But clearly he has cut taxes for uh, salaried people, which probably would... Uh, Go a long way in getting him some brownie points from the uh, middle classes. So uh, he has forgone about 4,500 crores of uh, direct taxes. That is a measure which the middle classes would like. But at the same time, the rise in indirect taxes, which is excise duty, is going to affect them anyway, immediately after that.
0: So, in terms of taxation, with the objective of getting more people under the tax bracket, he has increased. The threshold, the minimum threshold is what it's uh, two lakh rupees until which you are you are exempt from yeah, yeah. taxation. He raises
1: to two lakh rupees. Uh, he raises to two lakh rupees. The problem which the government has been facing, I mean that that again one part of what uh, the circumstances under which the budget was presented is that the government revenues have been falling because of falling industrial growth as well. So the government revenues have been falling, the fiscal deficit has been ballooning, and this time around, it is uh, he targeted 5.9%, which is a huge way off the mark that it was targeted at 4.6, 1.3 percentage points more than what was targeted. So 5.9% of fiscal deficit is quite a wide gap. So fiscal deficit is rising, Uh, the government revenue, mainly because the government revenues were falling, but the expenditure was increasing. A lot of expenditure was going into social security schemes, a lot of subsidies. All these things were adding up, and in general, the government finances were going haywire. So he needed to do some rationalization there, he needed to raise revenues, he also needed to expenditure he needed to increase efficiencies in the system he needed to see that leakages were plugged in centrally sponsored schemes because many of these schemes take up a lot of money so for example, last year the allocation for the national job guarantee scheme was about forty thousand crores similarly, the food subsidy was about the actual subsidy I think was around somewhere around sixty fifty thousand crores add to that the fuel subsidy the fertilizer subsidy. So overall, ballooning subsidies at the same time falling revenues had created a sort of a, a difficult situation for the finance minister. So that is why he, he tried to plug that. So even though he tried to plug it, the middle classes by rationalizing the taxes and uh, even after taking a hit of 4,500 crore, but he went ahead and raised excise duties across the board, which which would uh, get him about 45,000 crore. Plus he is also given a more... A modest uh, disinvestment target of 30,000 crore. Last year it was 40,000 crore and hardly got anything out of that. He's increased the service tax base, he's widened it quite a bit. So now instead of pointing out what are the services which would be taxed, he said that okay, there will be a negative list, which means that our 17 heads. The services which come under those 17 heads will not uh, come under the tax net, but all the other services will come under that. For example, education services, transport services, like you know, all kinds of transport services and uh, uh, taxis and meter taxis and all those kind of things. So generally which a large number of people use, those kind of services have been and essential services, those he has uh, kept out of the tax net but the others have all been included in that.
0: So he has achieved two things, the one is uh, since you say it's a middle class budget, he hasn't taxed the common man as much as he had last time or he's given a little bit more leeway yet he's increased the indirect tax so in other words if I have to buy an air conditioner or a washing machine I pay that 2% more because the manufacturer will be paying that 2% from 10 to 12% excise duty and eventually he'll extract that money from the consumer Certainly, certainly. The finance minister has possibly ended up getting more without uh, vexing the taxpayers because we would still believe that our tax deducted at source will be slightly lesser than what it was last time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would get about a little bit more money in your hands because of the slight tax rationalization. The, The people who would benefit most would be the people who get about between 8 lakh and 10 lakh a year. So those are the people who would benefit the most. Apart from that, there is not much. The basic uh, exemption, which was about uh, 180,000 rupees income, has been raised to 2 lakh. So that's only about the difference of 20,000 rupees. But the major differences come in the tax in the income bracket of 8 to 10 lakhs. There uh, change in slab. So people who used to earn more than 8, uh, any income above 8 lakhs used to be at 30% now 8 lakh to 10 lakh will be taxed only at 20% so that difference is there which will make a lot of difference to a lot of people you know who earn in that bracket.
0: And what about the industries on the corporate side which industries uh, you think have benefited or will benefit from this budget? Clearly the consumer durable industries might not with the rise in excise duty for instance or other other such consumer products but what about the industries which have benefited?
1: See, excise duty has been raised, but even now, excise duty is not at the level which uh, we were in 2008, when the global recession hit and the government cut excise duties to stimulate you know, the economy. At that time, we were over 14%. Right now, it's still about 12%. So, it increased by 2%, but still not to the levels of 2008. So, the excise duty hike will obviously result in price rises, because most of the manufacturers are going to pass on the the increase in uh, duties uh, to the consumer. So across the board, you would see prices of goods increasing. So in general, inflation is going to be higher. The problem which arises out of this is that already the past one year, inflation has been in double digits and with great difficulty over the past few months, it has been brought down to about single-digit levels. Now the sole responsibility of inflation control so far was with the Reserve Bank of India and it has been raising rates for that. It it raised rates by more than about a dozen times last year. If I'm not mistaken, it's about 13 times they raised rates. Interest rates are already high. Industry has already been complaining about uh, high interest rates, saying that it's not viable. And the RBI has also been telling the government that the government has to take fiscal measures to reduce inflation. Now, what the government has done, I mean, I agree with uh, Pranam Mukherjee's view that, you know, he needs to raise revenues for the government. And he's still not uh, brought it back to the levels of 2008. So to be fair to him, he's right there. Unfortunately, the consequence of that is that you will have rising inflation because of their size duty. You will have higher inflation and the RBI will not be in a position to bring down interest rate simply because if it brings down the interest rate, it will again feed into inflation. The price rise will be even worse. So it's kind of a chicken and egg situation right now. It would probably continue on that track. Another thing is that the government borrowing from the market is being targeted at somewhere around 4.79 lakh crore. Now, that's quite a substantial borrowing. 4.7 lakh crore borrowing from the market means that a large number of private sector companies and others who come into the market probably would get crowded out. Now, that means there is upward pressure on interest rates would continue to Stay. You probably have a situation into the year where inflation will remain high. The RBI will not be able to cut rates because inflation remains high. So the general situation of the economy continues to be a little bit difficult. How has
0: the market reacted to all of this? Uh, to the budget, the stock markets were
1: down yesterday, but also that must be also because of this excise duty hike. Because everybody knows that you know this is going to probably affect the sales of companies across the board because of high prices. So that is probably one reason why the markets reacted uh, negatively. But also there was another uh, issue which many people have described as a retrograde uh, step, which was to amend the income tax law to, this was done with retrospective effect, to tax companies, and the most important case which was in point was the Vodafone tax case, which was recently settled by the Supreme Court saying that Vodafone need not pay taxes because the transaction of ac- acquiring um, Hutchison SR was outside the country. So it was a inter-corporate transaction between two corporates who were not present in India. They were outside India, and the transaction was completely offshore, and so they need not pay taxes in India. Now, this amendment would change that. The amendment which has been brought in the finance bill this time would change that. It would make Vodafone probably, you know, many legal uh, experts are saying that now the tax department can go back to Vodafone and demand that money again. And Vodafone will have to pay because of the change of law. And it has been done with retrospective effect from 1962. So now this, this is not going to affect only Vodafone, but a lot of other companies which have had such trans- transactions in the past. So it will open up all those cases. Now, what happens because of the, because of the, that retrospective effect is that the trust in the government goes down by a little bit. Foreign investors who invest in India, who think that you know there is nothing you can do if the government goes ahead and changes the rules tomorrow. Now, everybody who invests uh, would want a stable, predictable environment where they put their money to know that you know their investment would be safe and there will not be any high handedness from the government. This you could say that borders on uh, it's a little bit high handed.
0: This is probably because the revenues that the government wants at the end of the day can come only through you know either taxation that is it from corporations or from the common man and they are running out of options so this is another way of creating a new option to cushion a little bit more with more revenues.
1: By taxing such transactions too Yes I mean, these are methods of raising revenues, but I won't call them very good methods. Technically the government has the right the government has the power to do so because it can it, the parliament can pass laws. so they have the power to do that. but government power should always be used judiciously and because it is so powerful, it has to be very careful when it exercises that power. In this case, they seem to have not done that. It's, it's almost like getting back at somebody.
0: Right. Final question. What are one or two things that you uh, and Forbes India would have liked the finance minister to do?
1: Radha Mukherjee admitted immediately after the budget that this, this policy statement was done under a lot of political compulsions from coalition partners. So because what happened just before the budget and immediately after the railway budget, the issue with Pinesh Trivedi and Mamata Banerjee's uh, clashes, the whole controversy, it was pretty much evident that he would not have much headroom to maneuver. But still, I would not say that he did too badly. But there are some things which he has done in the budget, like, for example, using the unique identification number to target people to give subsidies. If it is implemented properly, it will go a long way in plugging leakages in a lot of government schemes. Right now, there are a lot of leakages, a lot of filtering. Now, that would come down to a sig- by a significant extent if, if they actually manage to implement Aadhaar and wind around these schemes around Aadhaar. That will go a long way. He has also done some tweaking in the sense that giving companies a lot of room in research and development, in-house research and development. He has given a lot of money. He has given a lot of incentives for that. He has given some incentives for infrastructure companies to raise money abroad. So he has made it easier for them to raise external commercial borrowings. So he has done something, which I would call it, you know, fixing some nuts and bolts which were loose here and there. If actually carried out properly, they could actually improve some efficiencies within the system, which would go a much longer way than actually people realize today. But, you know, as since this is the government, it's anybody's guess whether they will do it or not.
0: I think on that note, it's time to wrap up. Thanks a lot, Dinesh, for your time. Man. Thank you, Abhishek. And and all you listeners out there, you can get this uh, issue tomorrow on. And uh, you can log on to ForbesIndia.com to get this podcast. And you can get this on iTunes as well. And another big story, of course, is uh, that Sachin Tendulkar proved how important he is to India, Dinesh. And uh, alongside the budget stories, you also had Tendulkar's fourth picture, a very relieved man for getting his 100th century against Bangladesh. And I'm sure Forbes will cover some of that in one of the stories in, in, in this issue.
1: You know what? I think that uh, you know, Pranam Mukherjee was quite lucky that Satin scored the century on <laughs> the same day. I think he <laughs> it differs a lot of flack from him.
0: <laughs> yes, you're probably right about that. And that's about it. Thanks a lot. Bye, Dinesh. Thank you.
1: Thank you.